Good morning. morning. Welcome to worship today, and a special welcome to uh, any friends, guests, or visitors we have with us today. We're very glad that you are here. I want to be sure to welcome those who are joining us online. Please take a moment to look over the announcements um, printed in your bulletin. Uh, Just a couple I want to lift up. Um, First of all, Uh, we've sent out an update on a couple of projects that we've had going on here at church, um, namely the landscaping project that uh, we voted on in April um, that would be going underneath the mural out here. Um, That's moving forward. And then also uh, we've been uh, working on the parking agreement that we've discussed um, with uh, Atwood Music Hall, which is 1925 Winnebago Street. And, uh, and we've reached a, a lease agreement with them. And so we sent out an update about that. But if you have any questions or just want to hear a little bit more, feel free to join us downstairs after church. Um, Shirley Olson and I will stick around and, and answer any questions that people have. We just want to make sure that everyone feels like you have the uh, information that you need and we're, we're thinking it all through. So, uh, so feel free to stick around if you uh, have a question. Uh, I also put in here an adult education opportunity that our, our uh, uh, member, Lynn Batcher-Robinson, has lifted up. Uh, Lynn came to us from a church in Davenport, Iowa, that has a, a very active adult education uh, program. And they have a free opportunity that will be um, mostly online. There's a, a live stream um, and a podcast that you can follow during the months of July and August. And the theme is American Dreams, Gospel Promises. And so if you are interested in that, um, there's some information in the bulletin about how to sign up, or you can talk to me, or Lynn put her email address in the bulletin as well, so you can uh, reach out to that, reach out to her. And finally, I, I just wanted to give the update. I think uh, we've been praying for uh, Vern Jacobson um, for a few weeks. Vern passed away at the end of this week, um, and so ask you to pray for uh, Penny and for their family. Uh, Vern's service will be on uh, Tuesday, I believe, at, uh, at Peace Lutheran Wanakee, if anyone would like to attend. Um, there's information on Gunderson Funeral Homes website, uh, the obituary, and the rest of the information. Uh, so let's pray for, for Penny and all who knew and loved uh, Vern. I know several people here are, are very close friends with the Jacobsons. Are there any other announcements we should make today? If not, we will begin our service with our prelude music.
Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. <clears throat> Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not followed your path, but have chosen our own ways. Instead of putting others before ourselves, we long to take the best seats at the table. When met by those in need, we have too often passed by on the other side. Set us again on the path of life. Save us from ourselves and free us to love our neighbors. Hear the good news. God does not deal with us according to our sins, but delights in granting pardon and mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are free to love as God loves. Amen. Jesus. 
Grace for our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. <clears throat> Let us pray. Eternal God, you draw near to us in Christ, and you make yourself our guest. Amid the cares of our lives, make us attentive to your presence, that we may treasure your word above all else. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from Genesis, chapter 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, Do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread, that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly, three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There, in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. Word of God, word of life. 
Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. <clears throat> Second reading is from Colossians chapter 1. Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to pre pre present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh 
I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery that has been hidden through the ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which, in Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom, we, he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Luke, the tenth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. <clears throat> and good morning, friends. May God's grace and peace be with you. Amen. Like many people, I was uh, taken aback by the first images released this week from the James Webb Space Telescope. Did anyone else see those? For the past 18 years, you might know, uh, thousands of scientists, technicians, and engineers from 14 different countries have spent more than 40 million hours combined building this telescope. This is an instrument designed to help us look back into time and into the farthest reaches of space. The first image released showed a massive group of galaxies clustered together. You know the one I'm talking about with all the specks and stars. The one where nearly every dot is a galaxy like our own Milky Way with countless stars and planets within it. The way I heard the picture described was that if you took a grain of sand and held it up, uh, up to the sky, this picture with its thousands of galaxies would fit within that grain of sand. So just the number of galaxies, if we just think of the number of galaxies if we pointed that vision all over the universe. 
Furthermore, these galaxies are so far away that we're seeing them as they appeared 4.6 billion years ago. You know, give, it, give or take a few years. <laughs> so it's like we're looking back into the past, too. If you haven't spent time looking at these photos, I would recommend it. If nothing else, it puts a lot of our concerns into perspective. Suddenly, our earthly problems seem very small, and our time on this planet very short, and the fact that we're alive here, something of a miracle. I saw a couple of people posting about things that don't make much sense in light of the smallness of our, uh, in light of our smallness in the expanse of the universe. Many of the griefs between nations, for example, that start wars seem kind of small now. Or the egocentric belief that we're the main character in the universe seems kind of ridiculous. One post I saw said, do you really think the God who created all of these galaxies cares a whole lot about drag queen story hour? <laughs> For others, these images have created a sense of awe again in God's creation and our place in it. The majestic words of Psalm 8 come to mind. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are humans that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? I wonder what it's like to work on that telescope and then have to go home and do the laundry at night. You know, see something that no one has ever seen, then go home and have to do all the stuff that you have to do in life. Our smallness and the shortness of our life can be frightening, but it can also awaken in us a sense of awe, a wonder in the mystery and magnificence of it all. In a universe this size, like Psalm 8 would say, what does it mean to say that God, the Creator, is mindful of you? That the Lord of creation is for you? In some ways, the story of the sisters, Mary and Martha, is about the same kind of awe and wonder and worship and in a way about how that is balanced with the everyday service and living of life and hospitality. We were made not just for worries and tasks, but this, <clears throat> not the tasks of this world, and there is part of each one of us that needs the time and space to sit in awe and worship of the one who made us. We need the presence of Jesus and long to sit at his feet, listening to his word for us. In other words, we were made for worship in addition to service. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in the God who created us, as Augustine said. That's all true, but someone still needs to do the dishes, right? And I feel bad for Martha. I think she's gotten a bad rap in Christian history, in the interpretation of this text. The way this story is often told is that we are supposed to follow the example of Mary, the one sitting at the feet of Jesus, and try not to be so much like Martha, who's fretting over earthly tasks. Be a Mary and not a Martha, we might have heard at some point. 
But Martha is doing the necessary and commendable work of hospitality. In our first reading from Genesis, Abraham is praised for his acts of hospitality towards his guests. Although it is easy to point out that Abraham relied on some servants and others to do his hospitality, and Martha is doing the work herself. Taking care of guests was a very important part of life in the ancient Near East. And in many ways, Martha should be praised for her service, for her hospitality. Why praise Abraham and not Martha? To say, be a Mary and not a Martha, also seems to denigrate the often unrecognized, uncelebrated, and uncompensated work of women both then and now. After all, someone has to prepare the meal and clean up after it. And we know uh, both from experience and from statistics that uh, those household chores, that invisible work as it's sometimes called, uh, is not equitably distributed. Why should Martha then be made to feel guilty after the fact for not being present enough, for not being like a Mary? Perhaps we can imagine an alternate version of this story where Jesus commands his male followers to help out so both Mary and Martha can listen to his teaching. Or perhaps Jesus could have said, why don't we all clean up and then I'll teach afterwards. But that's not the text we're given. Furthermore, Martha seems to be following Jesus' teaching exactly in her acts of service. Later on in this gospel, in the gospel of Luke, Jesus will say that the greatest among you is the one who serves, just like Martha's doing. He even makes it, uh, uh, in Luke's version, he makes it about the table. He says, for who is greater, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? This is not the one at the table, but I am among you as the one who serves. So in that version, Jesus is more like Martha than he is like Mary. So if that were the case, we might expect Jesus to say, be like Martha and not Mary, because I am one among you who serves. If you want to be great, you must be a servant like Martha. I say all this because I think it is a misreading to say that this is simply saying, don't be like Martha and be like Mary, because there is much to praise in her acts of service and hospitality. And it is wrong to pit Mary against Martha. That's what, that was Rachel Held Evans, the late Rachel Held Evans' critique of this passage and its interpretation. She said that this passage is too often used to pit women against each other, as if there is a choice that needs to be made between service and worship. So this story is not about Mary versus, Mary versus Martha. This is a story about Mary and Martha. It is both and, not either or. It is a story about both service and worship, about hospitality and adoration, because in our lives as disciples, we need both. So Jesus isn't denigrating service. After all, this passage comes right after the parable of the Good Samaritan where the Samaritan goes over and above uh, to, to act as a caring servant to the one in need. But I think there is a word of grace here. 
In chapter 10, we get all of these action-oriented stories. Chapter 10 begins with the sending of the 70, saying, go out like lambs amidst wolves and preach the gospel, heal uh, the sick, tell them that the kingdom of God is near. After that, Jesus gives us this image of mercy in this parable of the Good Samaritan. There's all this action, action, action. You need to do, do, do to be my disciple would be the message. But then right after that comes this story of Mary and Martha. And I can't hold those, I can't help but hold those two together. That in the life of discipleship, if it was only ever mission and service, do, 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 we would be depleted in no time. That the life of discipleship requires both action and devotion, both service and, uh, and worship, both Mary and Martha. That in these two women, we see the life of discipleship held together. And Jesus is reminding us that not to neglect hearing the word, not to neglect worship in our lives of service. And so that's why that when Jesus speaks to Martha, I think we sometimes hear that as a rebuke. Martha, Martha, you are worried, you are distracted. But what if it's more in the tone of compassion Martha, Martha, take a break. Sit at my feet and listen. Those things can wait. That the life of discipleship has space for awe and wonder and worship. We were made for service. That is clear. We are to be like Martha. But we are also made for worship and are called to be like Mary too. Especially when Jesus is present. When Jesus shows up to your house, the dishes can wait, right? And that's not unlike us. More and more in our culture, there is not time for worship, not time for awe and wonder, not time for devotion. Oftentimes, there's something else going on that could take us away, worries and distractions. But here we are, gathered at the feet of Jesus just as his servants, Mary and Martha, were. And in many ways, Jesus is challenging the cultural expectations for women. Naveen Saras, who's a, a Palestinian Lutheran pastor here in Wisconsin, shares that in her culture, coming from Palestine, it is very unusual for Palestinian women to join male guests before they are done with all the food preparation. In my culture and Jesus's, failing to be a good hostess means disrespecting the guest. And so in welcoming Mary and Martha to this teaching, he is going against what might be expected. Martha is anxious to ensure, Naveen says, that her honored guest Jesus and his disciples feel welcomed at her home. But her sister Mary neglects her traditional duty of assisting her sister. Mary prefers instead to listen to Jesus' teaching. And it would be very unusual to do that. And to say that she sat at the Lord's feet and listened describes the disciples' actions, a student's actions. So Jesus does not prefer the ministry of service, uh, the ministry of worship over service. Instead, Jesus does not want service to be at the expense of the ministry of the word. Both ministries are important. The ministry of diakonia, service, should not absorb our time and energy and drive us to neglect God's word. 
And so Jesus does not ask Martha to give up the ministry of service. Instead, he intends to relieve her of her anxiety and exhaustion by inviting her to join her sister in learning him. And then they can resume hospitality. As Naveen so well puts it, so well puts it, the bottom line is diakonia, or service, and the word of God require each other. And so today, as we look up at the heavens with this new telescope, we still have to go about our everyday lives of caring for the poor, being hospitable, and taking care of our own well-being. And in the scripture, we recognize that we are created for both service and worship, that they require each other. So don't be, so don't hear me say, don't be like Martha. Be like Martha as a servant. We need to be like Mary and Martha. Today, as we worship, we sit at the feet of Jesus and everything else can wait. Amen.
of our pressing God. In Christ, you feel all things. As your church gathers to hear your word, share your meal, receive your blessing, teach us to welcome stranger as we have been welcomed by you. God of grace, hear our prayer. Through Christ, you have created all things, visible and invisible. Teach humankind to honor and protect all creation, including living things that remain hidden from our eyes, such as air, atmosphere, molecules, and microscopic creatures. God of grace, hear our prayer. Through Christ, you have reconciled all things. Motivate those in power to end enslavement, dehumanization, or brutality of any kind in the spirit of Bartolome de la Gazas, whom we commemorate today and to protect and improve the lives of indigenous people. God of grace, hear our prayer. Through Christ, you bring peace. Assure all who are worried and distracted by many things of your constant presence. Soothe those suffering in mind, body, or spirit. Sustain all who are afflicted and those who serve as caregivers, especially Sharon, Jackie, Mary, Leticia, Denia, Bonnie, and those we name now or aloud silently. God of grace, in Christ you make your word fully known. Inspire Trinity Lutheran in our worship to abide fully in your word as we sit at the feet of Jesus. Bless the ministry of teachers and Bible study leaders. God of grace, in Christ you brought forth the firstborn from the dead. We give thanks for the saints who have gathered at your table. We pray especially for the family of Vern Jacobson. Gather us with them in your eternal glory. God of grace, hear, hear our, our prayer. God of every time and place, in Jesus' name, and filled with your Holy Spirit, we trust these spoken prayers and those in our hearts into your holy keeping. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let's take a moment to share a sign of peace. Those around you. Peace be with you. Peace be with those online as well.
is the same through all the stories pages our loves and hopes our failures and our fears eternal are the king of all the ages unchanging still
Please stand if you are able. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have set before us a bountiful harvest. As we feast on your goodness, strengthen us to labor in your field and equip us to bear fruit for the good of all. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. silent tears, you have brought us this far along the way. In times of bitterness, you did not abandon us, but guided us into the path of love and light. In every age, you sent prophets to make known your loving will for all humanity. The cry of the poor has become your own cry. Our hunger and thirst for justice is your own desire. In the fullness of time, you sent your chosen servants to preach good news to the afflicted, to break bread with the outcast and despised, and to ransom those in bondage to prejudice and sin. Remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his death and resurrection, we await the day when Jesus shall return to free all the earth from the bonds of slavery and death. Come, Lord Jesus, and let the church say, Amen. Amen. Send your Holy Spirit, our advocate, to fill the hearts of all who share this bread and cup with courage and wisdom to pursue love and justice in all the world. Come, Holy Spirit, and let the church say, Amen. 
Amen. Join our prayers and praise with your prophets and martyrs of every age that rejoicing in the hope of the resurrection, we might live in the freedom and hope of your Son. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father, Our Father in, in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be your name. Your, your kingdom, kingdom come, come, your will be done, done on earth as in heaven. heaven. Give us, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. Communion today, you will come to the side aisles and come forward. We're at the front of those two side aisles. There are tables with uh, empty cups in them. You'll grab an empty cup and bring it with you to the railing, where it will be filled with wine and you'll receive bread. Also at these two side tables are grape juice and gluten-free. If you need or desire either of those, feel free to grab that at the side table and bring them to the railing as well. After you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in this bowl by the center aisle. To all friends, guests, and visitors, we want you to know that you are all very welcome to commune with us because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. And the invitation comes to you from Christ. Receive this invitation to communion. In Christ's presence, there is fullness of joy. Come to the banquet.
Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Life-giving God, through this meal, you have bandaged our wounds and fed us with your mercy. Now send us forth to live for others, both friend and stranger, that all may come to know your love. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
First of all, I wanted to thank uh, Harrison Coteau for filling in these past few weeks for uh, Wendy Ward, our music director. <laughs> uh, Wendy was on vacation and, and then she was out sick today, so I uh, 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 pray for, for uh, Wendy and her family right now too, but uh, we expect her to be back with us next Sunday. But thank you so much, Harrison, for, for being with us these few weeks. The God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always. Amen. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace. Love your neighbor. Thanks be to God.
Seriously. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> 